Are you building wealth for retirement and a legacy for your family? Of course you are, or you wouldn't be here listening to Breakaway Wealth. My name is Kim Daly, and I'm a top-performing franchise consultant. If you give me 30 minutes, I will show you how you can mitigate the risks of starting a business to build and scale wealth quickly. Register for my free webinar at thedailycoach.com. That's the D-A-L-Y coach.com. You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me, a friend and a friend to the show, Paul Moore. Welcome, Paul. Hey, Jim. How are you, my friend? I'm great, man, and I'm really excited to talk to you because I haven't talked to you for a while, and I always enjoy our conversations, and I know that if I want to know something about real estate, real estate syndication, and I want to educate myself. I know who to come to. And so that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you back on the show and share with the audience. So thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. What an honor to be here again. Thank you so much. So, you know, Paul, for people that haven't heard you on previous episodes, just give a little background real quick and tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, anything that might be pertinent. Yeah. So I sold my company to a publicly traded firm 26 years ago. And, um, I uh, started investing in real estate to protect and grow my own wealth and um, started flipping houses. And then I started flipping waterfront lots at a resort. That was a lot of fun and profitable till it wasn't in 2007 and 2008. Um, I built some houses, which was a huge mistake for a guy who doesn't know how to install my own doorknob. I'm just saying. But um <laughs> Yeah. And then I um, eventually, after doing a subdivision, we end up doing a multifamily project in North Dakota during the big Bakken oil boom that was very familiar to you, I know. And um, we uh, we had a lot of fun with that. And I ended up writing a book on multifamily investing, humbly titled The Perfect Investment. But after years of watching multifamily skyrocket through the mid-teens, I concluded that multifamily might not be the perfect investment if you have to overpay to get it. So we expanded out into self-storage, mobile home parks, RV parks, and other asset types. And what we have done is we've created six total funds over the years that allow investors to give us money. And then these accredited investors, uh, we take their money and put it in a diversified fund. And then um, we hopefully give them cash flow and appreciation if all goes as planned. Yeah, let's let's start there, Paul. That's great. That's a great uh, background. And um, I, I love that you sold your company and... There's so many business owners, and I know that you've dealt with this too, is I work with so many business owners and they think, hey, I'm going to sell my company. I'm going to take that lump sum. I'm going to put it with Wall Street, and then I'm just going to live off of it for the rest of my life, and everything's going to be grand, right? Until it isn't, like you said, right. and, yeah. and they live in this stress uh, because they don't think and they don't realize that you can only... You, you can only pick out, say, 3%, right? And 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 so you think, I'm going to put in $10 million, I'm going to have all this money. Well, no, you're not really going to have all this money. But if you could take that $10 million 
and you can leverage it and grow it yeah. and and you can put it into something that's going to cash flow and grow and maybe have other tax benefits unlike wall street yeah there's so many things so i love the fact because when i show a business owner really what's going to happen then they think oh my gosh i don't have enough money well no you have enough money but not just to go give it to some money babysitter and have them Right. make money off of you for the next 40 years right that you don't have enough money to do but if you have somebody that understands real estate so what you did is you educated yourself which i love and then now you're sharing that education and my the way that i look at somebody like you paul and you're one of the people that we uh refer people to because we know you know what you're doing and 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 we we we've had a long relationship with you and your and your company but I love the fact that you're that you're educating people about how it works and you're sharing your education and they can kind of hack that education, right? I mean, find out what you want and then find somebody who's got what you want and then do what they did, right? Or learn from them or let them guide you or partner with you. Yeah. So um talk about just some of the advantages of of working with somebody who's going to build an asset class or syndication and, and what to expect, how that kind of works. A lot of people just don't know, like, wait a minute, aren't I just doing the same thing as wall street? I'm giving some guy my money yeah. and then he's going to um, charge me a fee and then talk about the differences. Yeah. So I was, I had lunch today with um, some registered investment advisors and I started talking about what we do and they started groaning one of them in particular uh, because, you know, like a lot of people, they watched HGTV um, and they thought, oh, I can flip a house. This will be fun. This will be so profitable. This will be, yeah, right. This will be a nightmare. Usually, not always. Sometimes it works really well. Yeah. Uh, but for most people who have a full-time job, a career, they're making a lot of money, or they're even enjoying retirement and golf. They don't usually have the skills and the, you know, the tools and the ability to do due diligence, especially now that flipping houses has become so popular and it is so competitive that the prices on the courthouse steps or, you know, for these, you know, fixer uppers, as we used to call them, are have gone so high. And so just like everything in life, you know, we I think we talked years ago about Gary Keller and Jay Papazon's wonderful book, The One Thing. Yep. The best thing we can do in life. And 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 the day Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, love them or hate them, met, they both agree that the key to success in their make being, you know, the two of the wealthiest guys in the world was extreme focus. Whatever you're doing, focus on it, become really, really, really good at that, whether it's retirement or your career or your family, whatever it is, focus on it, keep it very narrow, and then outsource everything else. And so we really believe that commercial real estate, while it has been the playground of the wealthy insiders for centuries now we know that through the Jobs Act of 2013 and other things, it's accessible to accredited investors um, of all types. We also know that, I mean, it would be very, very hard to become an expert in, you know, self-storage, multifamily, mobile home parks, 
cell towers, all these things, and be able to manage all that really, really well. Some people with family or multifamily offices, as they're called, they do a great job doing that. But most people have a hard time doing that really, really well, profitably, and having diversification. And so that's where uh, a syndicator or a fund manager in general would come in. Yeah, you know, uh, Paul, uh, we always say who, not how. Like, who do I collaborate with? Yes. Not how do I go learn to do what Paul Moore does, right? And and we we we're teaching people about infinite banking concept and how how to create financial independence and financial freedom, passive revenue. I don't like to say passive income because income is taxed, yeah. right? If I have passive right. revenue, then I have deductions and depreciation, and I have all kinds of ways to fight against that tax uh, uh, bracket. Right. And, and so, you know, in, in one of the classic books, The Richest Man in Babylon, he says, invest in what you know. Okay, well, if you, if, and you should. And if you don't know those things, like I'm like you, I, my, my wife, uh, she called a plumber to re uh, replace toilet seats. Okay. Well, yeah. So, uh, because she was like, I know, I know you can't do it. And I was like, wait a minute, I can't. It did take me two hours, but, but that's okay. I got it done. Right. It only broke two toilets. That's seats. great. But, uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was a success, but my, my point that's was kind of a new world record for me. That's right. So my point is, is that hiring experts, is it only makes sense and it has made my life so much easier because I don't have to worry about doing those things that I don't know how to do. Same way with investing in real estate and keeping up because you said something I think that's really important is you said, hey, maybe multifamily is overpriced. Now, I'm in Southwest Florida and I promise you there is a need for multifamily uh, down here, a big need. But guess what? It's super, super competitive and super, super fast. Yeah. And you got to have money and you better have a lot of it and you better have the right contractor. You better have all of it because if not, you're not going to be able to compete, which means I'm not that expert, right? And maybe this isn't the right market or how do I know it's the right market? Maybe I should be buying stuff in Tennessee or Virginia. I mean, and, and that's where if I partner with someone like you, you're already doing that research and you come to me and say, hey, Jim, I think that right now it's not multifamily. It may be in this sector and this is why. And I say, OK, that makes sense. Let's partner, Paul. Let's let's go. So what would you say is that opportunity that you guys see right now? What is what is that? Where, where should we be looking? I had not thought about this question before you asked, but I'm going to give you an unconventional answer, and it might be unsatisfactory to you, to okay. be honest. All right. But I, I think the opportunity um, is finding the expert in any of the great asset classes, commercial real estate, that have an inside track on acquisitions, an inside track on getting distressed properties, manage manage you know management distress for example as opposed to fallen in disrepair um uh, an inside track on operations and landlording and an inside track on putting together a portfolio and selling to a larger buyer sometimes a a reit or an institutional investor whatever the asset class i think that's where the um that's where the real money is because like i've been dissing on 
multifamily in my blog posts for years. I mean, right after I wrote The Perfect Investment, I started scratching my head and going, well, hold on, guys, maybe this isn't so great. But today I talked to a, a prospective operator that we might invest in who has an inside track to do all that stuff I just mentioned a minute ago. And I'm thinking, okay, well, now that's somebody we really could potentially invest with. The problem is if you're a casual observer or if you're, you know, if you've got a life or a business or career retirement, you're likely not to find those really, really needle in the haystack people who don't promote themselves really well and they're already getting enough money usually. Um, so that's that's where my answer would be, maybe not what you expected. No, no, I love that answer because um again, it's saying who not how is you got to find that person. It's not very easy to find that person. So, and that's what everybody's thinking sitting at home is, look, I don't know how to figure out which is the right fund, which is who's the right person to go with. Could I be in mobile home parks? Should I be in self-storage? I don't know how to go find that, that, that opportunity, right? So what do I do? And, and who do I listen to? Because, you know, somebody can figure out that hey, I, um, anybody can call them, not anybody, but there are a lot of people out there that have really no experience syndicating that are calling themselves syndicators, right? Right. That they are, they're creating and approving a fund and they're just trying to collect money and then they don't even really know what they're going to go do with it. Right. I mean, I, I see these people, they want to come on the show and I go, but, uh, uh, that, so that's, that's hard. It's hard to find that expertise, but when, but you have to listen and interview some people and find out what is your experience. Tell me some successes. Tell me some failures. You know, what's not worst case scenario, but tell me when it didn't go right. What happened? You know, how much did right. investors lose or whatever it is? And, you know, how do you recover from that? Mm -hmm. And and I think that part of it is if, you know, like it's kind of like if you have 10 deals going, well, then you know that the majority of those deals are going to, you're going to make money on, right? If you have one deal going, then it's, you better make money on that one or you're in trouble, right? Diversification. I mean, that's why we love diversification. And, you know, Warren Buffett ragged on diversification. I, you know, I'm writing a book on Warren Buffett's rules for real estate investors and he ragged on diversification and who else was it? I'm forgetting right now. Diversification is for people who don't know what they're doing. Warren Buffett is the ultimate diversifier. He's got 110 different companies in mostly different, um, different geographies, different asset types, uh, different, uh, you know, uh, they, they have different economic drivers and he has, that's exactly what he's done. He's looked for the very best, um, you know, recession resistant asset types. Then he's found the best operators that have what he calls a durable product that could be grown significantly. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. And I believe most investors should be looking for that as well. You know, Brian Burke is a wonderful multifamily operator. He wrote a book, which every, I mean, a lot of people thought was going to be the key to finding these opportunities is called the hands-off investor. And it was about three, it, it is about 340 pages. 
and it's grueling. In fact, I think it depressed more people than anything because it re didn't remind people. It told people what you really have to go through to make a great investment. And it's I'm absolutely grueling to do that. I can tell you from the inside it is for us. Um, but um, if you have the time and the expertise to do that, go for it. I mean, I know one guy who does. He lives in your area. He called me this morning. And um, he spends months and months and months and months, goes through hundreds and hundreds of potential opportunities to find one. And that, you know, you can do that. People can, but they better be diversified, like you said. Yeah, you know that. But again, that that exception to the rule, right? Yeah. There, there's a lot of people that you can't you can't try to model the exception, in my opinion, because if you model the exception. You know, we have a great friend and client who has a lot of real estate within 75 miles of his hometown. It works for him, but he can turn around and renovate in, in 72 hours. He he knows that market better than anybody. Yeah. And that's the market that he's specializing in. He's doing that one thing, right? Yeah. But he's now he's diversified because he's got that already built up. That's a great thing that he but also he knows two things. He knows how to find those deals and the banks love him up there, as you can imagine, because, and they'll do just about anything for him. Yeah. You couldn't recreate that model in Southwest Florida. You just couldn't because the banks, they're, they're different than those small town credit unions or those small town community banks. So talk about maybe where are some of the areas that you guys are looking that people haven't thought about? Um, like if it's not multifamily, where, what's, what are, where, where do you think some of the opportunity is? Yeah. You know, multifamily has been really popular for a lot of years and it should be, it's a great place to invest. Did you know there are, is a 4.3 million rental unit shortage by 2035. That's about a dozen years. That's about 20% of what it's taken, let's say a hundred years to build. And I'll tell you what, Jim. If this banking crisis and this interest rate, call it a crisis, it's not, of course, it's just cycle we're in. If this holds us up for two years, then we're going to have like 10 years to build 20% of the new rental housing stock. It's just going to be a, a horrendously hard thing to do. So I love multifamily if you, you know, if you don't have to overpay to get it and maybe just maybe there'll be some distressed opportunities coming up in the next two years. But right now, I would like to direct people to consider RV parks. You know, since COVID, the number of first-time RV people, RV campers, has gone up five-fold. And that was in 2020 alone, a year when most people were staying inside their houses. Uh, there are about 10 million RVs on the road in the United States right now, but about eight or nine million more people say they want to buy them. Mm. And even if that doesn't happen, the RV sharing model and the work at home revolution have meant that there is a massive increase in people on the road or camping, at least with RVs, even if they're renting them which is what my family wants to do this summer. We don't want to buy one. We want to rent one. My neighbor has a huge Winnebago, and he says he has to book spots at RV parks over a year in advance wow. if he can get them at all. And so there's massive pressure on this very limited supply of mom and pop run 
RV parks. So a professional operator, if you can find one, good luck, uh, can go in and buy these and just turn them into a gold mine. I love that. I now, by the way, my my compliance people will want me to say this. They can also fail miserably. Right. I said it. Okay, Adrian. <laughs> you know what? I'll take you just made somebody's day, by the way, Paul. Is Drew White, who's on the Create Tailwind team, lived in Omaha and uh he bought an RV last year and he's he's uh he can work from anywhere with Create Tailwind because we we do Zoom meetings. And his wife and his kids, they they piled into the brand new RV and off on the road they went. And for some reason, they're down here in Florida this time of year. I don't know why they're just staying in Florida, but why would that be? I don't know. But uh, but you just made Drew's day because he is going into these RV parks. And by the way, he he was on a meeting this morning from one. And I said, where are you at the RV park? And it looked like this big building, nice, that beams, like log beams. On, and I was like, that's at an RV park? I mean, it looked nice. And there's like kind of, it was like a common eating area. I don't know if there was a restaurant there or what. But yeah. So I don't think it's what, it's not the KOA that I had in my head, you know, that is, is and I think that these things are going to evolve, right? As yeah. more and more people take this up. Yeah, they have already. Uh, I can tell you that there are probably four different types of RV parks. There's overnight, which is just, you know, along a highway, people on the way somewhere. There's extended stay, the kind where they build a deck around them. And you see a lot of those in Florida. Mm. There's workforce housing like the Bakken oil boom saw. Uh, but then there's destination RV parks mm. and destination RV parks, you know, they often have water parks. Wow. They might be in a place like Branson where there's, you know, a whole lot of things to do. Uh, they might have Wibbits, which is a, a like a, a lake with a beautiful obstacle course where they charge the kids or adults $17 an hour to play on there. That's that's a potential thousand dollars an hour value add to the RV park. Uh, they have dog pens and glamping models and, you know, just all these value adds, a little dry, you know, makeshift drive-in theater and hay wagons and face painting and t-shirt painting and gem mining. Wow. And these things, you know, you can buy one. We invested in one that costs three or four million, but the total budget once they're done is $18 million. Now that's going to be hard for most mom and pops to replicate but wow, for those few people who can, it can be extremely profitable if done well. Wow. I guess you just told me more in the last five minutes about RV parks than uh, than I would have known. And uh, all uh, before the show, we agreed that we were going to dive into that, that, that sector to that opportunity a little deeper in the next couple of weeks. But we're just so we're going to just kind of, uh, uh, you know, tease that a little bit that RV parks now. Thinking about that, you just, again, told me so many things that I never would have thought about in an RV park, but that goes back in it, in it, in it cements the point that you made at the very beginning, which is, I don't, I don't want to go educate myself on RV parks, but I think that I might want to look into uh, uh, putting some money in RV parks or seeing what opportunities and learning a little bit more about that. Um, and I assume that you've written that on your blog to help educate people about RV 
park investing? I, I have written on uh, my blog, wellingscapital.com, but I also have a free special report if you think your listeners would be interested. Absolutely. Well, I'm interested I'm, and, and I guarantee you my listeners are interested. So absolutely, we'd love to have that free report um, that maybe we can put in the show notes or, acts or the link to get to it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's wellingscapital.com slash resources. Awesome. Awesome. You know, let's talk about, let's shift gears a little bit and- one of the things that I love about you and I think differentiates you from other people that I've talked to that do what you do or think they do what you do is you have purpose. Like there's, it's not all about how do I just go out and make them like you look for that purpose. You look for that, that character in the investment. Talk a little bit about that. Like if I just want to go make money, there are a lot of people that can just go make money. That's not the thing. Like, like at Create Tail, when we're trying to, we're trying, we tell people we free slaves, right? And people kind of like, they're taken aback by that. But, but it's true because we are financial slaves if we let ourselves be financial slaves. So our purpose is to free people. Teaching them about infinite banking and, and financial freedom is, is the result of that because it's like, okay, now once I'm set free, what do I do? So just talk about that purpose and that how you've seen that grow over the years uh, uh, in your experience? Yeah, actually, the guy was from South, actually, North Dakota, not far from where you used to live. Yeah. He called me one day and he said, I am so tired of running single family rentals. I said, huh, what? He said, well, I was at the zoo the other day and I got two little kids and he wasn't that old. And he said, um, I, I, I was on the phone the whole day trying to deal. And I've got landlords and property managers and everything, but I'm tearing my hair out. I've got to get out of this business. I thought it would be passive at some point, and it really hasn't been. And so our purpose is to see people, like we said earlier, be able to truly get the tax benefits, the cash flow, and the appreciation uh, opportunities from commercial real estate and be freed, like you said, to enjoy their lives because they don't have to be the expert in all this and do all that. But there is something else that we do that we have in common with you. Did you know if you took the record annual profits from Apple, General Motors, Nike, and Starbucks, not their average, their record annual profits, added those together, double that number, this would be, according to the U.S. State Department, the approximate profits generated by human trafficking right now in the world. There's more slaves than any other time. Hundreds and hundreds of children have been enslaved since we started talking just minutes ago. And um, it's, a, it's a crisis. And so we want to do something about that. Wellings Capital is trying to inform the world how serious this is, encourage people to get involved. And we're also vetting nonprofits who are effective and we're encouraging people to invest with them. We are investing part of our profits with them as well. You know, I find that when you make money and you give back in, you know, in my belief system, you, you give money to God first. And, but when you, when you give money back to good causes, you think, you more money flows to you. You know, have you ever noticed that? Like yeah. more money always. It's in if you ever get into a thump, give some money away. Yeah. Is because I'm just telling you, it's just like try it once. 
because what happens is it just flows in faster. Yeah. And, and, and when you're doing the right thing and, you know, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, you gave me uh, a movie that honestly I couldn't finish watching, Yeah. but, and I've got a pretty strong stomach, yeah. but, but this, this one, maybe my heart isn't as strong because it broke my heart. This, this, uh, movie nefarious, right? Yes, that's right. And it's, uh, uh, I, I would say I wouldn't recommend anybody watch it, but 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 you should. No. It's something you got to know because it's just unbelievable that that's happening. Yeah. But when you make money for a purpose of going and and doing good with it or sharing and doing good, it's it's funny. Uh, Nelson always said opportunities find cash. Right. Okay. But it, I, I think opportunities find good hearts too. Yeah. Is if you're doing the right thing more money's going to flow to you. You're going to have more responsibility. So having that purpose and doing good in the world, yeah, I think is, is the key. And anybody can, you know, I love that I'm outside and, you know, it's been quiet for two hours and now they're banging, yelling. You know, I can't hear a thing. Doing, oh, you can't. Okay, good, good. I have my AirPods in, um, you know, do an Apple plug. Um, so, but I mean, there's banging in the background and everything else. It's just funny, but that's how it works. But, uh, and, and I'm almost back in my house, Paul, after almost six months. Yeah. So um, I'm camping in my house. You talk about RV parks. Um, I have kind of, uh, our, it, I, I think maybe I'd be better off at an RV park, mm. a really nice one right now than in my house. Cause there's more dust in my house than, than, uh, the Sahara it feels like, but, um, yeah. All right, Paul, one of the things I always ask everybody, and you gave a couple of great books, uh, but if. God came down from heaven and allowed you to retain the knowledge of only one book that you've ever read. What would that book read? What would that book be? I mean, wow. Well, if it was only one book, I mean, um, outside the Bible. Yeah. I thought you'd say that and that's fine. <laughs> um, I think I would go with a book called shattered dreams by Larry Crabb, because everybody is disappointed in their life. Everybody has shattered dreams. Everybody has things that didn't go the way they thought. And he talks in this book about how to make a great, great purpose and the great purpose that we can achieve uh, from these shattered dreams as, um, as capital, if you will, the return on shattered dreams, I'll call it. You know what? I love when somebody gives a recommendation and I haven't read the book, not even heard of it. So. That is going to go on my list. I was looking at my journal to the right. I was about ready to write it down, but I'm going to wait till we get off the air. So I'm not looking down over here and writing. So shattered dreams. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that book. I I love it. So Paul, we're gonna we're gonna reconvene and we're gonna talk about RV parks in a little bit more detail. Great. But give the website again for that free report uh, so that people can be a little bit prepared for that next episode. Yeah, it's Wellings Capital. That's W-E-L-L-I-N-G-S, wellingscapital.com forward slash resources. And that has special reports on commercial real estate investing in general, one on self-storage, one on mobile home parks, one on RV parks, and more. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go check that out. Paul, thank you so much for being on and sharing. And you know, every time I talk to you, it makes me excited about going and doing something and 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 doing some good in the world and i love that how dedicated you are to helping with human trafficking and and every time that you say something about it it's mind-boggling how big it is yeah i mean i can't even 
can't even imagine. And um, so um, I, I think I said this last time, and maybe I haven't followed through as much, but I want Create Tailwind and Breakaway Wealth to help in that area too. So I got to just think about and pray about how that, how we can help okay. um, in that cause. So um, fantastic. But thank you again for coming on. And we're going to wrap this up like we do every uh, episode with the great words of Earl Nightingale and the strangest secret. Take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.